New Anthem Church. This is Chris Hodges at Church of the Highlands in Birmingham, Alabama. I'm really excited to be a part of your service today. But before we get into the message, let me encourage you to keep up the great work you're doing there in the Park City, Kansas area. You know, every time you pray, serve, and give, you're making an eternal difference in people's lives. And all of us here at Highlands are cheering you on. So as we go to the message, let's prepare our hearts for God to speak in a powerful way. Let me take a moment, as I always do, look into that camera and say hello to uh, all of our locations. We are one church that meets in 17 different locations all across the state of Alabama. We're starting our 18th, by the way, this fall in the great city of Mobile, Alabama. So excited about that. Uh, Let me say hello to the men and women in the Alabama Department of Corrections. We're streaming this service uh, at 16 of the 23 locations uh, in our state. And we love every one of you guys. We're so glad that you're along for the ride. To everybody that's watching online somewhere around the world, wherever you are, we're so glad you're with us as well. Grantsville, show your love to your church family. Come on, put your hands together. Come on, you can do better than that. Come on, give a good hand. Yeah. All right. We have a lot to do today. I want you to pull the little message note sheet out of your worship guide. If you got one of those at the door, uh, you may not have seen one of these in a little while. We don't do them every Sunday, but some of the series, we actually offer you the outline sheet of the message that I'll be teaching. And I'll even give you a little few uh, fill in the blanks and places for you to take your own notes. This is a great series to do that from time to time throughout the year. We, we do book studies, book of the Bible studies. This is actually our second one we've done this year. We actually started the year, uh, or in February, we started a series of verse by verse through the Song of Solomon, and it was actually the study of that book of the Bible that got me interested in this book. So I was doing that all toward the end of last year, getting ready for that series, and I just got interested in the life of Solomon, the son of King David, who wrote three, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote three of the books of the Bible, the, the Proverbs. Ecclesiastes and Song of Solomon. And really, I've just been fascinated. So much so that I'm actually reading the Proverbs throughout the year this year, even in addition to my other Bible readings, because there are 31 chapters of the of the book of Proverbs, so you can kind of do one a day, and it only takes a few minutes, and so uh, hopefully I'll be able to read through the, the book of Proverbs 12 times this year, and even if I miss a day, I just, whatever day of the month it is, I go to that proverb, and I'm finding it very, very fascinating. And here's the verse that, that convinced me that we needed to do a series just around this book and around this topic, because in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says, wisdom is, and notice the next word. In fact, I want you to say it out loud. Every campus, come on, here we go. Wisdom is, like it's at the top of the list. And I thought, well, my goodness, if it's at the top of God's list, surely it should be at the top of our series list as well. Wisdom is supreme. Therefore, go get it, find it, do whatever you have to do to, to get, to get wisdom. And even if it costs you every penny you have, like write that check and get it because it'll all come back to you. If you can live a life of wisdom, though the, the Hebrew word literally means skilled living. So it's not knowledge. It's not what you understand in your brain. It's your ability to apply it in such a way that makes your life work. In fact, there's big differences between knowledge and wisdom, not in your notes. Knowledge constructs the Titanic. It takes wisdom to avoid the icebergs. Come on, somebody say amen right there. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so it's one thing to have the boat, but I mean, you got to steer this thing correctly. And the same thing for our lives. Knowledge builds a house. Wisdom builds a home. So again, you may know how to get married or have a family, 
but do you know how to put the whole thing together where it works? Well, God has a lot to say about that. Here's, what, here's one more, and that is that knowledge understands God. Wisdom walks with God, and that's our deepest hope. I don't want you to come to church and just your brain get fuller, more full of, of God's word. And No, no, no. We, we want you to have a relationship with a God who can change your life. Can I hear a good amen, everybody? Yeah? And so that's where we're going here. We're, we're going to allow God to speak in our lives. And here's the ba- basically the thesis. And that is that wisdom comes from God. I mean, God, God is wise. He knows it all. And he has actually given us a way for us to understand his ways through his word. I like what Billy Graham said. Billy Graham said, knowledge is horizontal. So you can go to college, you can go to school, and you can watch things online. You can, you can get knowledge, but wisdom is vertical. You're going to have to connect with the God of the universe, the one who holds it all in the palm of his hands. It comes down from above. And honestly, what really motivated me toward this series is, is there's a growing trend in our culture and even in the church of kind of leaning more on human understanding, even at the expense sometimes of of, of what people think they can correct God. Like I know the Bible says this, but, but we know actually this. And honestly, uh, that will never turn out right for you. You try to go, if you try to go your own way away from God, you won't even need me to convince you. It'll catch up to you, right? And you'll be back is the way I say it, right? There's, the Bible says there's, there's, there are people who are wise in their own eyes, and there's more hope for a fool than for them. And so what I want to do today is I want to help us understand the book of Proverbs, and then we're going to give you the first uh, little bit of wisdom. So each week, each of these seven weeks, you will get a little piece of wisdom, a little, a way to remember it, a little something. And we had a hard time actually thinking like ha, ha, which seven pieces of advice of all the great wisdom in God's word, which one do we do? And we'll talk about that in just a moment. But if I could help you understand the book of Proverbs, 31 chapters of this book, the first nine of them is a case for wisdom. In fact, I really would encourage you guys who want to dig a little deeper, you're kind of finding this fascinating like I am. Just find about 20 minutes, it won't take you probably more than that, to read just not the first nine chapters of the book of Proverbs, and it makes a case for wisdom. In fact, I recommend every man to read chapters 5, 6, and 7. I mean, they'll spare you a lot of heartache. Just, it's appeal for, don't go that way. Don't follow your feelings. Follow God's wisdom. But if you get these nine chapters that tell you what wisdom is all about, it's in chapter 10 that it actually, the Proverbs actually begin. In other words, every line is a different topic. So it'll say, it'll say something about your money, then it'll say something about your time, then it'll say something about your kids, and then something about your marriage. And they kind of all stand alone, and, and they're really not even uh, categorized all, all together. They're just, they're just one saying after another. But the first nine really help us. Here's what you're going to notice. And that is that in these first nine and, and throughout the different Proverbs, there are several different types of people mentioned. And I wanted to start there so you could understand the book a little bit better because there are four different types of people that are mentioned in the book of Proverbs. And here's one of them if you're taking notes today. And it is the simple, what the Bible calls the simple. And I know that's going to be like, well, my goodness, Lord, what are you calling me names for? The, 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 the simple is somebody that's only not wise because no one told them. Like they just didn't know. They're, they're naive. They're kind of clueless. So I only, only went there and did that because I didn't know any better. In fact, it says it in Proverbs 7, it says it this way, I saw among the simple 
And I noticed among, and it's usually young people, because why? Because they just hadn't lived long enough to know that's not really good for you. He says, I noticed among young people, a youth who had no sense. Come on, parents, say amen right there. No, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, right, you, you want to, I know, because you, you understand, you understand that sometimes, it, and it happens to all of us, there's a, there's a bit of simple in all of us where we actually think we know best. Like, no, 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 this is the right way. And then there's always this group of people, usually a group of people around you going, no, don't do it. Don't go there. Don't touch it. I'm actually dealing with somebody in my life right now who's actually gone way outside of the lines in, in an area of his marriage. And I'm like, man, don't do it. It's going to bite you. It's going to hurt you. And he goes, oh, I think I'm doing the right thing. And, and honestly, I don't know that he's really an evil person. He just, honestly, he may have to find out the hard way that that wasn't the right way to go. And, you know, my team, when I told them what I was going to talk about, they, they, they mentioned to me that there's a secular artist who honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't know her. Like I couldn't pick her out of a crowd of one. I mean, I don't know. Right. And they said, but there's a song that she wrote, uh, that really kind of illustrates this. And so in the, in the words of the great philosopher, Taylor Swift, everybody, all right, when you're 15 and somebody tells you they love you, you're going to believe them. Like, come on, you're laughing because you're, yeah, right. Especially you guys are laughing because I'm like, because I did that. I told, I told them when I was 15, I love you. And I didn't love them. I wanted something else. Come on, where y'all at, right? Right, right. And that's, and so, so there's this whole group on the sideline going, no, don't do it. He's lying to you. And, but you're actually, you're going to believe him. You're going to think, no, 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 no. Oh, I have mommy, daddy. I have found someone who loves me. And I have found my soulmate, my soulmate. You're right. You know, and they'll, they'll say stuff like that. And you're thinking, no, 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 no. If you could just live a little longer. And what's the point? The point is, is that all of us don't need to be making our own decisions that way. We have to have people in our life who can speak into our life. The whole goal of our small groups is not to give you something else to do between Sundays. Y'all, you don't, I don't need anything else to do. What I do need is a few people in my life who know me so well and know what I'm doing that they can say, hey, uh-uh, don't, don't, don't go there. Danger, Will Robbins. Danger, just don't go there, right? So you old folks laughed at that. The rest of you, you'll have to Google that maybe. Anyway, so, all right. Right, because we, we need people who have our back. We, we need people who are watching for our souls. We need people. And I'm begging you kids that are here today. If you're, if you're a student, uh, if you're, especially if you're still at home, but even if you're 20-something, wherever you are in your life, please, 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 you haven't lived long enough to make all those decisions by yourself. Trust your parents. Trust your pastors. Trust somebody. Get in a group with somebody who knows what you're going through and have some other people helping you. In fact, when you're going through something difficult, you're the last person you should be receiving advice from. Because it's blind. Come on, can I get a better amen? Yeah, you went down that path and you figured it out. And honestly, there's a little simple in all of us. Don't be offended by that. There is, there's a little bit of that in all of us. Several years ago, Tammy and I had gone to China, to Beijing, China, to do some leadership training with uh, Dr. John Maxwell's organization called Equip. And so we trained thousands of Chinese leaders. And it was, fab, it was a fabulous week. But we usually, whenever we travel overseas, we'll do that kind of work. But we always take an extra day to tour if I've never been there before. And this was our first time. And we both just wanted to see the Great Wall of China. And so we, we asked the missionaries that were hosting us to take us to the Great Wall. But we only had half a day because Tammy and I had to get back to our plane that was leaving that evening and drive all the way back to Beijing and do that. But they were hosting other people and were, that weren't, they didn't have to leave. 
So we were gonna have to separate from the group about halfway through the day. So we got up there, got on the wall, had a great time, experienced that, took the pictures. We were leaving now, and so Tammy and I have our suitcases and we're headed down. Since they're still hosting people, we were just gonna grab a cab and go into the Beijing airport. So we had loaded it up, put it in the trunk, got in, and the missionary comes running out. Pastor Chris, Pastor, that's my best Chinese accent I got. Pastor Chris, Pastor Chris, come running out. You come, come see, I need you to come see something. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, man. I got to get to the airport. I got I to go, you know. And if y'all know anything about me, I hate being late. I work margin into everything. I'm like, bro, you messing my margin. Don't be touching my margin. Like, no. And so he goes, no, no, no. I insist you come see us. And I said, no, brother. I said, I can't. I really can't. Thank you. He goes, no, you have to come here. And he said it seriously like that. I'm like, all right. I was so perturbed with him. We had to get our stuff out of the taxi. We kind of moved our luggage out. And I told the cab, ah, go on, we'll catch another one. And I said, brother, what is the deal? He goes, that wasn't a real cab. <laughs> and I said, what do you mean? He goes, that was a fake cab. I said, what's a fake cab? He says, he drives you out into the country, beats you to death and steals all your stuff. Well, you're my new best friend, right? You know what I'm saying, right? Right? Because, and at that moment, I was simple. I just did not know. And thank God I wasn't the only one making decisions for my life that day. I'm telling you, the same is true for you. And the, really the cure, the cure for a simple person is having enough experience to know that's not a good thing. Like that won't ever happen to me again in China. I'm calling Uber. No, 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 they don't have that either. But, but the, the cure, the cure is time. You've got to live long enough or have people who have lived long enough around you who can speak into your life. And that's really what a wise person does is he has people speaking into their life. Here's the second person. And that is the Bible talks about the fool. So you're going to see this word a lot, the fool. And the fool is different from the simple. The fool, the fool knows what to do and still just decides to do it. I know what the label says, but I just rather have that in my body right now. I, I don't mind. I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to see if this will work out. And I'm going to try this. And honestly, you, got, you all know some fools around you. In fact, there may be even a little bit of fool in all of us. We, we know the right thing to do. We're just kind of willing to take our chances on it. Here's the problem. Here's the defense of the fool. The fool says, you say, why would you do that? And they answer, because it's fun. Uh, it's fun. A fool finds pleasure in wicked schemes. You know, the Bible even says that in the book of Hebrews, that sin is good. It like it feels good for a short season and then it bites you. Some of you guys are, are in different stages of that process right now. And you'll realize if you go outside of God's way, God was never asking you to do that for his sake. He was doing that for your sake. And some of you are feeling the sting of that in your life right now. But they say, nah, man, this is fun. I'll, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'm going to tell you, if there's anything that I freaked out about as a parent growing up, was my kids being around fools. Like, man, I'm, I got to help you choose your friends because I'm telling you, my son, that dude's a fool. And the problem with the fool is, is that if you're a wise person, he who walks with the wise grows wise. But if you get around a bunch of fools, you're going to suffer harm. That was my own story. Everything I did wrong, everything I tried for the first time, I tried because a couple of friends convinced me that it was good for me. My first drink, my first everything. I won't even go through the list. All right. Everything I did for the first time, I had these quote unquote friends. And really I was around a companion of fools. 
the, the kind of the kicker of it all was I was 15 years old, a sophomore in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And, um, and I, I, had, I had said to my friends about this guy that, that, had, that had really hurt, hurt me and hurt another friend of mine. And they all said, well, let's get him back. And I said, what do you mean get him back? And they said, well, how about we do a prank on them and just, just get him. Let's get him. And I kind of, I don't even remember saying yes. All I know is the next thing I know, there are four cars, 15 guys, and a hundred dozen eggs. And we were real smart 15-year-olds. We were going to wait till everybody was in bed. It was 8 o'clock at night. We're fools, you know what I'm saying? I know. So we pull up in front of this house, and I'm one of the four drivers of the four cars. I had a little Volkswagen bug, and my eight guys that we crammed into that with all these dozen eggs piled out. I'm like, I'm like, I'm seeing the future. It's like going in slow motion, and they're just bombarding this house. The people come out because they heard it on the roof. You'd think you'd run. No, we're, I'm, I, they're fools. They egg the people, you know what I'm saying, right? Yes. And I'm like, yeah, they are. Yeah, they are. And they dive in and we take off and we think we get away with it. Well, no, the neighbor across the street had written down all the license plate numbers. And so I was staying with one of those fools, a house that night. And, uh, and my dad called, son. You need to come home. And I, I knew what happened. And what happened was, since they were all defending my friend, every, all 14, 15 people named my name to the police. It's Chris Hodges. It's Chris Hodges. Like, I didn't even throw an egg. I didn't even say yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and this, these, were my, these were my friends. And, our, and my, so my family got sued for the damages, et cetera, et cetera. It was, a ba- it was a bad time. It really was. And so, but right in the middle of that, a friend, not a fool, a wise friend invited me to, to church. And that's actually got saved in the middle of the cure of being a fool. And the cure, the cure, the unfortunate cure for foolishness uh, is tragedy. So sometimes it takes a tragic moment, a tragedy to happen in order for a lot of us to wake up. And the reason why I'm telling you that is I wish it wouldn't. You're getting a fair warning right now. Some of you know, like you're, you're in the car driving to the house, so to speak. And you know in your heart, you know what, guys, let's just turn around. You know that. You know you're headed in the wrong direction. And if you don't listen, God doesn't create the tragedy. God will use the tragedy. And he will. He'll get a lot of our attention through tragedy. In fact, some of you are walking through tragedy right now. And, and it happened, right? But what needs to happen from this moment on is you need to respond. You need, you need, to, you need to let God use that to get your attention and say, hey, it's time. How, why not now? Why not today to go ahead and get out of my life right? In fact, let me say it this way. Every tragedy has a lesson equal in significance to its heartbreak. And it does. So I'm trying to tell you there's redemption that can happen. I don't care how bad the tragedy is. Let me say it this way. Your God is a restorer. He'll take the worst moment of your life and turn it around for good if you'll let him. In fact, he'll even use the very thing that was tragic for you to reach other people going in that same area. He'll comfort, he'll comfort others with the same comfort you have received. God will use you. Let me say it this way. There's purpose in your pain. And you need to grab hold of that today. Come on, give God praise if you know that's true. It really is. Which, by the way, I need to keep moving. But Which, is, by the way, that's why there's a growth track. I know you kind of see it every Sunday. Growth track, growth track, growth track. It's all in there all the time. But the purpose of the growth track is to try to redeem your life 
back away from the labels and the experiences that the world's given you back to what God wants to do in your life. And that's what step two is about today. It's a discovery step. It's the step where you do a personality and spiritual gift profile to redefine your life away from tragic things to redemptive things so you could do something that actually matters with your life. And that's why you ought to go. Here's the third person, though. The third person in the text, you're going to see this name from time to time, is the mocker. The mocker. Or you can actually add, if you like taking notes, add the word scoffer. So it'll either use one of those two words depending on which translation you're reading. But the mocker, is, is, he's the fool on steroids. He takes it to a whole other level, right? Because what he does is saying, not only, not only am I going to know what's right to do and not do it, but I'm going to criticize others who do. They actually try to control people through criticism. So you may not even know a mocker personally, but you probably met them on social media. Because they love like trolling whatever and, and making comments just to mess up your life. And for some of you, here's a warning. You've engaged in the conversation. And the Bible says don't do it. In fact, I'll show you the verse. Watch this. It says, whoever corrects a mocker, you're just inviting more comments. You just like, they, you didn't help them. They didn't go. You, that's why you've never seen on the news two sides. And then one of them go, you know, you're right. That's never going to happen. They, they don't do that, right? No, they, they live for debate. They live for it. And whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. And you don't need more abuse in your life, but you're inviting it if you participate with these guys. Do not rebuke mockers. They, they don't, they're not going to change. They're going to hate you. And say, Chris, what in the world do you do about that? Well, the Bible is actually has pretty strong language about a mocker. And that is really nobody can help them. Uh, the, cure, the only cure is God. God will have to do something and move in their life. And maybe you're here today and you, you kind of feel like you feel, fall in that category uh, again, I give you this fair warning, but I also tell you, look for God to speak to your life and say, it's about time for you to change. But the fourth person is the one we want to be, right? We want to be the wise, the wise. And the wise isn't the person that's smarter. It's not the person who has more education. It's not even the person who understands the Bible better. It's not somebody who's even lived a whole long time. The wise person has one unique quality that I want to pass on to you and I'm um, hopefully you will embrace it realizing how important and valuable it is to your own life watch it in Proverbs 9 9 instruct the wise in other words correct those guys and they will be wiser still they'll go wow thank you for telling me that I really appreciate that teach the righteous and they will add to their learning in other words write it down in your notes just somewhere they're teachable they're pliable they haven't put up a defense around their life and saying, no, I'm not going to let anybody speak into my life. And listen to me. Too many people are valuing their self-reliance and self-dependence, independence, and it's not healthy for you. We all need God and others that love God to speak into our lives, and they're teachable. So if I could summarize all four of those this way, here's how I would do it. Correct the simple, and they won't get you. Cor correct the fool, and they will ignore you. Correct the mocker and they'll hate you. But if you correct the wise, they will thank you. And what I want to do is this, in this series, is I just want to give you a piece of not my advice, but God's advice. I want to give you something that I promise you, listen to me, if you'll apply it, if you'll just put it in your life, you'll come back and you'll say, thank you. I've had five people this week stop me and say, I took your one-year challenge. If you've not been around here I always say, just give it a year. Like, jump into everything for a year. And if you don't, if it hadn't remarkably changed your life, I'll go to another church with you. I say it that way, right? 
right? But I've never had to, right? And, 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 and because it works, God's way works, but you're going to have to put it to the test and apply it and watch what happens. And as I told you, we are going to give you in these seven weeks, we're going to give you seven wisdom principles. And man, it's hard to choose. In fact, we haven't totally made up our mind on all of them, but we have decided for sure the first one because of one verse made it very clear. We didn't have to look any further. And that is that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. So you have to start there. The fear of the Lord and knowledge of the Holy One is where your whole life will change. When you come to a place and you say, wow, God, you're amazing. You know way more than I know. I'm not even in your league. I honor you, respect you. That's why you came to church today. It's like, man, my life would be a wreck without you. I worship you. I give you my all. Those kind of people, those people like that, that that's, it all begins there. That's when wisdom can come into your life because you've submitted your life to someone so much bigger and better and wiser than us. And he changes your life forever. Amen, everybody? You seeing that? So some people think the fear of the Lord means to be afraid of God. That's not the word at all. And I understand that because I grew up kind of afraid of God. I grew up in a church where my, because my preacher was so mad every Sunday, like, get down here, you, I know what you did, repent, get down here, repent, you know, and maybe God will love you. You better pray hard. You better let it wear it out. You know, so I just, yes, sir. And I can't, I went to the altar every Sunday. I literally went to the altar every Sunday, like, because I knew what I did. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Oh, no, I can't even look at it. And that's not your God. And it's unfortunate because a lot of people are turned off by church. Because they have an incorrect view of God. Your view of God will determine your relationship with God. If you see him as harsh, you'll have a harsh relationship. If you see him as loving, you'll have a loving relationship. I saw God. My picture of God, I had a picture. It was Abraham Lincoln, you know, in the in Lincoln Memorial. He's giant. I'm, I'm the size of a toenail. And he got a club in his hand like, you better not mess up. I'll make you a grease spot right now. You know, kind of a kind of a deal. And that's not your God. Your God, your God is, is full of mercy full of compassion, slow to anger. You don't even, who is a God like our God who forgives everything I did wrong? Like he knows that we did this week and he still enjoys your praise and worship. Yeah, that's, and so when you seem like that, like nobody else treats me like you do, God. That's why I love you the most, right? So you gotta get the right picture of God. And that's one of the things I try so hard to do here at Highlands is just give, especially here in the deep south, people a different picture of God, like the accurate picture of God, because it changes everything. But make no mistake about it, it begins. All this wisdom in your life changing begins on a fear of the Lord. God, you're amazing. So I'm going to do the best I can to teach you the fear of the Lord in three declarations. And I'd love for you to jot these down in your notes. And the first is that, God, you are awesome. Like you're, you're big, you're great. There's nothing too difficult for you. And even for the places where I don't think you're moving like I think you should, you're moving like you should. You, you, you are, even when you're not doing anything, you're doing something. You're, you're an amazing God and I respect that and I honor that God, that you are Awesome. That's why the song we wrote, the song we sang today, our team wrote, God, you do wonderful things. I love the first part of that word. Wonder. I don't even know how you did it. How'd you do that? I wonder. Like, oh, you're wonderful. 
You're wonderful, amazing. And I don't even try to understand. Like I'm really trying to know you and grow towards you, but I'll never get it. In all my efforts, I'll fall short. That's how awesome you are. Say amen right there, everybody. It's all, he's an amazing God. So let the whole earth fear God. How, how, how? Tell us. Stand in awe of him. Let me tell you, nobody, you have no idea how much I stand in awe Especially when I look at what God has done here. My mind is blown. I am the most amazed person you'll meet. Some of you guys are really impressed with me. Thank you. Thank you. But you have no idea that, that what has happened here over these 17 years is a miracle of God. This past week we had uh, what we call the Legacy Banquet. It's an annual banquet for people who self-identified. We didn't pick them, they picked us to say, hey, we want to do strategic giving. We want to invest. In fact, the way we say this is for people who, they, they, not just givers, they want to they give even more to accelerate the vision. To do. We know what we are doing, but there's a whole list of what we could do if, and they just want to hear about it. And we don't even ask them to do anything about it. We just tell them what we could do if. And we do it in the area of our church because there's a bunch of things we still could do in our church, right? Because there's like half of our campuses still need a building. There's, there, there, we, we have our college. I have, we have a huge vision there for the Highlands College. We, we want to put a dream center in, in, in every city where we have a campus. So that's a local missions vision. So there's some things we could do if. We want to plant churches. We want to, we want to plant 2,000 churches. We planted 774 to date. We want to do more. Like America needs more life-giving churches. So we tell them all this, right? But Tammy and I came to the event, and it was, we had a, there was a supernatural presence of God there. Everybody was there. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And if you, if you want to ask them, ask them. Come in. I'm telling you, it was, it was amazing. Because we all understood, there's no way we could have done this. There's no way. Because I reported on kind of what we already are doing, and it was, it's amazing. It's awesome. And I, I literally, Tammy and I left. I actually asked her to drive because I was overwhelmed with emotion. Of, I can't believe this. Why, God, did you even choose me? I have no, I have no, why'd you get to, why'd you choose all of us? He's an awesome God. And that kind of feeling begins wisdom. Isaiah said it this way. Have you not heard? Do you not know? I mean, like, and us was like, no, I don't. The Lord is from the beginning to the end. He's not even in my little time slot. He's the creator of the ends of the earth. Think about that. He, he, he doesn't grow tired or weary and his understanding, you can't even begin to get it all. Who am I to, to make even commentary on God's word whenever God has already spoken, everybody? I don't know, man. I, God, God, you're amazing. You're awesome. Amen, everybody? And when you do that, then he goes, okay, great. Well, then I have something I can deposit on the inside of you. Here's the second word. And that is that God is holy. Holy. Now, look, I embrace our style of church. I love the contemporary nature of it. Moving lights. You know, I mean, nowadays, most churches have coffee shops. We're doing everything we can to make Christianity attractive. But make no mistake about it. We don't see God contemporarily either. It's not like, well, what's up, God? What big man upstairs? I don't think so. No, he's holy. When he walks in the room, I'm like, yes, sir. What can I do for you, sir? And I'll make a public statement right here. God owes me nothing. We got all this 
you know, what God can do for me stuff today. There's even a bunch of songs. I told our, I told our team, don't even sing the songs that are about us. Lift up the name of Jesus. Magnify God. Just why? Because it ain't about me and he owes me nothing. He has already given his son for everything that I need. Amen, everybody. He doesn't he owe me happiness. He didn't owe me. He owes me nothing. He's already paid for all my sins. We exalt, not me, not Highlands. We exalt the Lord and we bow low before his feet. Why? For he is holy. Hold. Well, that's that Old Testament mad God. No, it's not. In the New Testament, it says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and worship God acceptably with reverence and awe. Why? He can make you a grease spot right now if he wants to. He's a consuming fire. Can I raise the level of respect for God at Church of the Highlands? That's why my favorite song right now, my favorite song that we're singing right now, and that they changed, but I hang on one. And I, I, I led worship my whole life, and I played the piano, and I, um, so I get on my piano almost every day. And the song that I just can't get off my mind is the, is the second song we sang today. It's, just, it, it's, it's got my heart. Holy. Holy. There is no one like you. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes and come on, sing it with me. And show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those. Uh, come on, sing it. Every voice, holy, holy. There is no like. There is none beside you. Open up my eyes in wonder. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to those around me. Thank you, Jesus. Some of y'all think he came up too early. It's only the second point. What's that brother doing up there? I told him to. <laughs> You're doing good, my friend. Hey. You know, we have a way we do church. Some of y'all gotten the pattern down. You need to hang in there. God's getting ready to do something in this place today. All right? Hold that thought. He's awesome. He's holy. Here's the third one. Best way I know how to describe the fear of the Lord. God is right. Like he's right. Like when you see it one way and God sees it another, God's right. When you have one emotion and God has another, God's right. Okay? I don't know how else to say that. God's right. Let every other man be a liar. God is right. God's right. And there's this whole trend right now against, well, I don't think God's right about this. And I like this part of his word, but I don't know if I like that one. No, God's right. Don't listen to culture. Don't listen to the world around you. God's right. He's right. There's this whole thing moving right now through the church, and I'm warning you about it. I'm going to teach you about it so you can recognize it. There, it's happened again. It's been happening since the garden. The devil's been challenging God's word. First words out of his mouth. Did God really say? Yes, he did. 
Yes, he did. He's been challenging the word and it's going on again. Even among churches, well, there are just some things I don't think are just consistent, you know. Well, why is it not consistent? Well, because it can't be explained. Like what? Like there's no way a man can live in the belly of a well for three days. Well, I happen to believe that too. That's not possible. Neither is it possible to walk on dry ground across a Red Sea. It's not possible for a virgin to have a baby either. It's not possible for Jesus to walk on water. It's not possible for a man to get out of the the grave. Yeah. That doesn't prove the Bible's wrong. That proves that God is awesome, everybody. And he's right. He's right. Come on, y'all. The law of the Lord, the Bible is perfect. Revives your soul, if you'll believe that. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. I want to go there. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure, altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold, more purer than pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, sweeter from the honey as honey from the honeycomb. By them your servant is warned. Don't do it, don't do it. But if you keep them, there is great reward. And that's what I'm begging you to believe. God is right. You follow his ways. It works. So here's the message in a verse. Fear of the Lord leads to life. You're not afraid of him. Your life's better. It brings security. It brings protection. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to give you this saying. But please don't feel that I'm leaving. I'm begging you, don't leave till we dismiss. If you've got to go, like it's an emergency, go. But if it's not, trust, trust me in this. I'll lead, let you out on time, I promise you. But I think God's going to do something because we're going to sing that song again. And I want every voice, all of our hearts, and watch what God does as you declare. But here's your little bit of wisdom. Number one, write it down, but don't leave. Yeah, don't, 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 don't stir. When I understand what it means to fear God, courage, strength, protect, I can live. Nothing else intimidates me anymore. I can live fearlessly. Come on, sing it with me. Holy. Holy. Come on, man. There is no one like you. There is none. Beside. Come on, sing it to heaven. Open up my eyes in one. Show me. Show me who you are and fill me with your heart and lead me in your love to love. Come on, tell him I will build my life upon you. And I will build my life upon your love. It is I'm going to put my trust in you. And I will put my trust in you alone. And I will Come on, change every camp. I will build. 
every campus, every location. Again, please stay to the very end. This is a holy moment. God's speaking to people. There are some of you today, you know it deep down inside. It's time for you to declare that God is your God. I'm not asking you to join this church. I'm asking you to make a statement to heaven today that says it's time. It's time to stop living my life for me. I'm going to live my life for you, God. The way I'm doing it's not working out, and it's time for me to give you my life, everything. I'm going to ask you to do it to the degree that he did it for you. He gave his all. You give your all. Everything. You know it. You're ready. Some of you are Christians, and you're away from God. You know it. And today's your day. If that's you at every location, if you're watching online, this is your moment. Listen to me. This is your moment. It might not get any easier than this. This might be the best opportunity. That's you. Say this prayer in your heart straight to heaven. I'll help you with the words. God, you're my God. Today I declare that. I give you my life. Jesus, thank you for paying my bill making my sin payment I receive what you did and I declare you as my Lord come on tell him that you're my Lord I'm going to follow you serve you submit my life to you Holy Spirit fill me help me to live my life the way I know I should today I give you my life your name I pray.